Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to Bible study as we begin a new year uh, at Camp Cycler Bible Study. We are thankful as I introduce uh, our speaker and, and our Bible teacher for this year, Dr. Dr. Michael Van Zant from Mount Vernon Nazarene University. Uh, this is his first time here, and yet talking to, uh, to Dr. Van Zant prior to the beginning of Bible study, he shared that this is not unfamiliar territory. He has a, a background in a Nazarene camp meeting in southwest Ohio. And so to be here, uh, in a sense, is a return home for him into familiar territory. I don't want to take his time because you didn't come to hear me. You came to be taught the word uh, by Dr. Michael Van Zandt. So, Dr. Van Zandt, thank you. Uh, first off, uh, <clears throat> first off, I just want to say uh, it's Mike, okay? Do I need a backup? There you go. Uh, for first off, it's Mike. Forget the doctor stuff, okay? Uh, I'm just Mike, all right? Um, I, I love doing this kind of thing, being with new family members, which I hope, pray that we will become uh, family members in the family of God. And it's a blessing to be in this place. Uh, it's a blessing to be part of this um, organization today. Uh, I have a number of our, my students are here. Uh, I ran into Carly, who is working with the youth today, and Sam Bryan is, uh, was the one who recommended me uh, to, to FAT, and I just am so grateful for, uh, for being here with you. Uh, when I was raised, again, I was raised in the Nazarene Church, and it was a country church, and it was, uh, it was one of those churches that was kind of strict, you know, and, and, and legalistic in, in some ways. And uh, whenever I heard messages from the Old Testament, it was always about judgment. It was about fire and brimstone. It was about God striking down sinners with flames and that type of thing. And so through the years, I, with many other folks in the world, in Christianity, have seen the, the God of the Old Testament as a God of wrath. That uh, I've heard many young people, especially students, saying, you know, I really don't like the God of the Old Testament. I like Jesus. And I'm like, you can't separate the two. <laughs> They're God. Okay, it's God. God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You can't separate the two. But yet we have folks who are even older who have this concept. I don't like the way God looks in the Old Testament. Therefore, I don't read it. I don't like it. And see, when I was in Sunday school in my early days, I heard all the great stories about David and Goliath and all those fun things, and I'd hear a sermon like, like and God opened the, up the earth and swallowed up the stars. I'm like, you know, ugh, that's scary stuff. And so we have this image sometimes of God in the Old Testament, and uh, I apologize, uh, you know, unaware of how conditions were. Uh, I really didn't do my PowerPoint very well uh, as far as um, being able to read it. There we go. But this is a picture. <laughs> this is a picture of God sending fire down, okay? And the question is, God of wrath or God of love? Is there a versus in this, is there a God of wrath in the Old Testament, a God of love in the New Testament, or is there a God who is both in both? 
Now, our idea of wrath is this tremendous justice, this tremendous judgment, this tremendous this punishment, especially the kind that we see in Revelation in the New Testament. But throughout the Old Testament, we see God's judgment upon sinners, but also upon Israel through, through destruction and through different things like this. And so is it versus? And the fact is we need to understand who this God is in, in the Old Testament. And so for the next uh, nine days, we're going to look at the love of God in the Old Testament. We're going to journey from one end to the other, from, from creation on uh, tomorrow. We're going to start looking at Genesis 1 and 2 all the way through the end of the Bible. We're not going to, I'm not going to read the whole Bible, but sections of Scripture all the way through until the last day. We'll actually look at Matthew 1.1. And see how the New Testament brings the same God into the New Testament. And so we'll take a look at these things as we go. But uh, today I just want to do some introductory stuff. And I don't want to be too technical. I'm going to teach you some Hebrew, okay? I'm a Hebrew teacher. I teach a couple of words. Is that all right? I actually probably teach a few more than that but as we go along, okay? But... Uh, and I'm sorry again, I, I, I just didn't even think about it when I set this up. Um, you know, I, I'm used to doing it in a classroom. So I apologize. I'll do better tomorrow. I promise. But uh, what this is saying is that there's two key words for love in the Old Testament. Okay? One is the word ahav. Ahav. Which means simply to love. It's a generic term. Everything from I, I, I love the mountains to I love pizza. Okay, and I love my wife. I love my spouse. I really do. When I say it that way, it's ahav. The second one is more interesting, and that's the word we're going to focus on today, because that is the word that really defines the character of God as love in the Old Testament, and that is the word. This is one of those Hebrew words you, I love to say because you get to spit when you say it. Chesed. 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 Chesed is a love that will not let go. A love that is translated so many different ways in the Old Testament that we often don't realize that it's actually talking about love. We translate it mercy, tender loving mercy, kindness, graciousness, presence. All types of words are used because Hebrew words are so huge, one English word cannot really do it justice. Hebrew is very picturesque in many ways. Take the word shalom. We all heard the word shalom, yes? And we understand it to mean peace. But our understanding of peace is the absence of conflict usually is what we think of when we think of peace. The idea of biblical peace, shalom, includes wholeness, completeness, welfare, health, everything that brings inner peace is involved in the word shalom. Same thing with chesed. So much bigger than just mercy or, 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 or kindness or, or any different ways that it's translated. But it is the essence of God's true character of love. And we often miss it because we don't translate the word love. Okay? 
So we're going to look at this as we go through this week. And I think we'll see as we go along, being this is a holiness camp and I'm a holiness person, we'll see that as we see these images of God's love in Scripture, it begins to share with us and explain to us, expound to us of what God's holiness for us really looks like in the Old Testament. That it isn't about just being separate, which is what the word means to be separate in the Old Testament, to be separated from the world, but to be also, to be loving, to be gracious, to be kind, to be chesed in the world is as much part of holiness as being separated from it. But we'll see this as we go along, okay? All right, so chesed is a love that persists beyond any sin or betrayal to heal brokenness and grace to extend forgiveness. It is the love that we see of the Holy Spirit that we call in, in Wesleyan theology, prevenient grace, that God's presence is even with sinners, loving them, calling them, bringing to him, to him, to woo them into a relationship with him. This is the kind of love that we see in chesed. It is God's grace, even for those who, who break covenant, even those who go away. When, when Israel had completely rejected the covenant, had gone their own way, had become so self-consumed with their wealth and everything else that we see in the book of, of, of 2 Kings, we see these things happening. We see them in the prophets, the minor prophets especially, that they had completely rejected God and become self-confident in themselves, that even when they deserve to be cut off completely, God still sent his prophets, wooing them, calling them back into a relationship with him. That's the love that will not let go. That is chesed. That is chesed. Lamentations gives us a view. Have you ever read Lamentations? It's, it's depressing. But it's good. Because we have all been there, yes? We've all been there. No one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, which is the word chesed. That's chapter 3, verses 31 and 32. Now the word chesed, probably, and I've seen scholars have said that this is probably the most important word in the entire Bible. Not just the Old Testament, but the entire Bible. It is the word that really translates into the, the Greek word agape. We all probably heard the word agape, which is God's love. But this love, again, is so much more than affection. It is action. It is an active love who is willing to do something for those who need forgiveness. Who is willing, who is, who is willing to do whatever it takes to give opportunity to those who have none. Does that make sense? So we see this connection here. So uh, in a couple examples here in the Old Testament, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, describes God as this, this beautiful image. It tries to, uh, it reveals chesed as a key attribute to the Lord's self-description that he gives in Exodus 34. He is a loving God, slow to anger, gracious in love, gracious in forgiveness, gracious in bringing people back to him. Then Micah 6.8, which is my life verse, I've had it for 25 years, tried to live this verse uh, in my life the best I can, failed many times, but he has shown us, O oh humans, what is good and what does the Lord require of us but to do justice, 
love mercy and walk humbly with our God. And the word mercy in this is the word chesed. To ahav, love, chesed, mercy, grace, love, all the things that God is. To carry on and love God's character in us. Okay? So we see these examples here, but there's 249 times and 239 verses that this word is found. And one of the most popular words in the Bible, other than the and is and that kind of thing, but key words in the Bible. So it's a word that we all should probably want to know. Okay, you may have heard the word uh, in Hebrew, but I would, I would ingrain that word in your heart. Chesed. Chesed. That is the essence of who God is. His love abounds forever. Yes? Amen? Amen. So this is a love that is unconditional, yet must be accepted and returned and shared with others. The Bible shows us over and over again. We'll see this through this, the scriptures we'll be looking at for the rest of, the, of our time together. Uh, but it shows us these things about this love. It is unconditional. It is mercy, grace, but also justice. It, is, it calls us to repentance, to return to God, and to reciprocate this love to others. So if God shows us mercy, we are to show mercy to others. If God shows us his love, then we are to show love to others. If, we are, if God is just with us, then we should be just with others. Love and justice, positive and negative justice, are inseparable. If you can think of love as, as a coin, and I'm a wanderer, so if I, if I start making noise, I'll, I'll move real quick, okay? I'm trying to stay and not make any noise up here. But, uh, but if you think of love, true love, think about your love for your children or a love for a loved one, okay, that you love so much that you would do anything and you probably would even die for them, okay? You love them so much. Okay, but do you see them doing something or going somewhere when they're little? You see them heading for the campfire. All right? Do you say, oh, have fun? No, you grab them, you show them, you tell them, no, stay away, it will hurt you. And if they do it again, you might even have to, to, to punish them in some way to help them know how much you love them because you don't want them hurt. Yes? This is justice. True love requires justice. You cannot separate the two. Justice without love becomes being a dictator. Yes? I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to do what I say you're going to do. And love without justice is a warm, fuzzy feeling. Ooh-wee, kumbaya type of thing. Nothing wrong with kumbaya. As long as we also know that we're accountable to each other, yes? Accountable to each other. Okay? So we can't separate those two. Let's talk about justice for a minute. Hebrew understanding of justice, the Hebrew word is mishpat. I don't have that out there. I'm not going to ask you to memorize that. There won't be a quiz. But mishpat has this broad scope of understanding of what uh, of judging is, of justice is. Uh, the word mishpat is part of the Hebrew word that we translate judges 
for the judges in the book of Judges are called that. Um, but the positive side of, that, side of this understanding is justice means to make right. To make right. Living in right relationship with God, one another, and with all of natural creation. That's the understanding of justice in the Old Testament. That is living in right relationship with the world around us. All of it. That is justice. Loving our neighbor as, our, as we love ourselves. This, we think of the, the great commandment that Jesus gives us is to love God and to love others, right? Uh, God takes two verses from the Old Testament and crams them together. Jesus takes two verses in the Old Testament and crams them together and makes it one. To love God with all of our hearts comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where we will look at uh, in a couple days. And then Leviticus 19.18 is where we find this love our neighbor as ourselves. And so that is the idea of justice. Justice is treating people with equity, with fairness, with respect. That even though we may be different, even though we may look different, even though we might, might speak different, even though we have different languages, even though we come from different places, we are all created in the image of God. Yes? Yes? That is justice. That is justice. That's the positive side. Then the negative side of justice is the acquitting or punishing every person on the merits of the case. Again, justice is not, justice and judgment is not about you're guilty and you're going to pay. Justice is also being willing to find out if someone is actually guilty or not before we judge them. Yes? Okay? Before we hear a rumor and decide sister so-and-so has done something terrible, we should find out. Yes? Before we start gossiping about somebody because of something we've heard or have seen off in the distance somewhere, we should find out it's true before we open our mouths. Yes? Not stepping on any toes. I'm jumping up and down on my own. Okay? This is justice. Giving people what they are due, whether it's punishment or protection. If we know someone is innocent and they've been accused of something, then we should stand up for them and protect them. If we know they are guilty, then we should help them understand that they are guilty and need to take the punishment that comes with that, whatever it is. Okay? So justice requires an action that is appropriate, not inappropriate. All right? Everybody good? Again, I don't want to be technical. I'm just trying to set the stage what we're going to do for the rest of the, of the weeks, of the weeks, okay? All right. So, again, lo this love, and you can't see this, I apologize, but this love is one that, that, that will not let go. It is a love that is offered to every human being, and God will never stop loving every person who is alive on this earth today. God will never say, I've had enough of you. God will love us to the very end until we take our last breath, and then it's too late if we do not believe. But until we take that last breath, God is not going to stop trying to woo us to himself. But it must be accepted for it to be effective. 
His love must be affected. We're not talking about this love that, that God loves everybody and so everybody's going to go to heaven no matter what. This is a love that, that, that requires us to accept it and to return it to God and to return it to others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the great commandment. Right? So here we are. So with this, then we have to, 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 to see that this is trying to, uh, attempting to uh, describe the character of who God is. This is what this word is trying to do. Chesed is a word that's trying to, de- to, to define and to describe and to relate to us who God is. And we see this in 1 John we're going to the New Testament. Yes, I do know the New Testament. Even though I'm an Old Testament professor, I do know the New Testament. But First John tells us God is love. Yes? Those exact words are in chapter 4 of First John. God is love. Well, if we don't know the Old Testament understanding of what that love is, then we don't understand what this love is that's describing who God is. The love of God is mercy, is kindness, is grace, is presence with us. That's the love of God. That's who he is. Okay? So it's important for us to understand this word that we'll be looking at. So the meaning of chesed can be divided into three categories. Family relationships. Okay? How we love one another in our families, yeah, which is a little different, yeah, than, we, than the way we love our friends, yes, and, and, and the way we relate to them and the way we deal with justice with our children and with each other in the family is different than we do in, in our workplace, it's different than it is in the church, it's different in different ways, but it is where we are to practice the character of God in us in the family relationships. It's in relational issues, how we deal with each other, how we understand uh, our responsibility as a citizen. Uh, You know, we we live in a republic uh, that has a democratic government. Yes, uh, elected government. We live in a republic. Republic means we are all in this together. Yes, we have freedoms. Yes, but those freedoms have responsibilities. Yes. So my independence in a republic means that I am also dependent. My independence requires me to understand that I am dependent on you to not kill me. I'm dependent on the government to make sure we don't go into anarchy. I'm dependent on the police to keep me safe. I'm dependent on the farmers to bring food to my table. I'm dependent on every, I'm dependent on a thousand people, hundreds of people, tens of thousands of people. I'm dependent. Okay? Even though I'm independent. Right? In this republic that we live in. Okay, so understanding this relational aspect of chesed. We are free. Free to choose this love from God. We're free to reject it. But we are dependent on God's love 
for salvation. We're dependent upon God's love for peace. We're dependent upon God's presence for comfort. Yes? So then we are also dependent on one another. When we love one another, we become family. Do you all feel like family here? I I love sitting here. I I came early because I just wanted to get a catch of the place, you know, and 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 what was going on. I sat back here and I heard say, hey, Jim, hey, Bob, hey, 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 hey. I mean, you know, call a first name. I loved it. I loved it. It's great to be family. Yes? It's great to be family. But how can you be family if you can't trust the person next to you that is not going to break into your cabin and take your stuff? Yes? So we have to have this trust and this understanding of dependence. I need you, and in some way you need me. Why, I don't know. But we need each other. We need each other. That is the essence of this term and what it's trying to teach us. So chesed is not a feeling. Just a little review here. Chesed is not a feeling. I'm going to make sure I'm... Oh, I'm doing good. Okay. Chesed is not just a feeling, but an action. God does not just stand up, lay up in heaven, look down and say, Oh, I love these people. Aren't they precious? Aren't they great? Oh, look at that. Look at that. He's killing him. Oh, isn't that too bad? Oh, look over there. Look over there. Oh, 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 wow. This is a nice seat I have up here. Seeing all these people going back and forth and, and loving and hating and all this kind of stuff. Wow, this is great. God doesn't do that. Those are the gods of the Greek world, of the, the gods who in heaven play games with human beings, who, who set up trials and such for human beings to watch them suffer, who just use humans as toys. This is not a God like this. This is a God who is active, a God who comes and creates earth. He speaks into the darkness. He comes down into the muck and mud of life and shapes humans and breathes life into it. It's a God who meets Moses on a mountaintop and brings a, a new relationship into the world. It's a God who, who sees the hearts of people and, 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 and we cry out to him, oh God, how long will this go on? And he says, I am with you. My presence is with you. Do not fear. Do not struggle. It's a, it's a story of, of a love of God uh, in and a story of Ruth, who is this Moabite, who is not even an Israelite, who has no business being part of the story whatsoever. And God is, shows her being embraced by the people of God. She becomes a descendant, an ancestor to King David, and also in the line of Jesus himself. We see these stories throughout the Old Testament of God's grace and mercy and peace. And working through these things. He is a God of action. And this God of action is one that we still see today. Does God still work? Does God still move in your heart? Does still God still do miracles? Does God hear our prayers? Of course. Of course. God 
is. It's an important aspect of things that we need to talk about for a minute. I don't have a slide on. The Lord just put this in my mind that we need to talk about this. Who is this God that is love? Who is this God who, 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 who is so big and so impossibly impossible to know and yet is so personal and lives in here? Who is this God? Of course, he is the I am, yes, the, the Yahweh, the, the I am who I am statement that we see in Exodus. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. And we see this term all the way through Scripture. I will be with you. I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not despair, for I am with you every step of the way. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And at the very end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and was and is to come. Read it. We don't read it that way because our mind thinks past, present, and future. It starts with the present, who is and, oh, by the way, was and is to come, but is. I is in the past. I is in the future. I is now. God is. God is. God is present. That is who God is. Jehovah, Yahweh. That's what the word means. I am. I am. So this active love of God, this active presence of God, this active wooing of God, this, this Holy Spirit that we, that we understand, you know, uh, 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 the, uh, this manifestation of God of the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts, sanctifying us, filling us, moving in us, helping us, cleansing us, and giving us some power, and empowering us to, to not sin, to live a life that gives glory to God, that shows love to others, that shows every bit of chesed, and we didn't even know what it was, chesed in our hearts, living out mercy to others. This is the isness of God in us. It's overwhelming to me. I don't know about you. That the God of the universe, who is everywhere and knows every single, how many people are on this globe? Seven, over seven billion people. He knows everyone by name, sinner and saint. He knows every one of us personally, sinner and saint. He knows the needs of the sinner and is wooing them through the Holy Spirit. He knows the needs of the saint and gives us Holy Spirit to empower us and give us strength and to give us hope and to give us peace of his presence. God knows us. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes I wish he didn't know everything. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I wish... I didn't have things I didn't want God to know. But God is gracious. And he shows me those areas that I'm struggling with. He shows me those times that, I, you know, uh, I, 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 
you know, I, I surrendered my heart to the Lord. You know, I, was, I didn't get saved. I was raised in a church. I was raised in Nazarene church. I, I, I knew all the songs. I, I, you know, I remember when I was four years old sitting down here at the front pew and this, 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 this revivalist, this, this evangelist was, was there and he was preaching about, about, about people dying and going to hell. And he, said, and he looked at me and said, and I see, I see a small coffin coming down this aisle. About the size of a young boy like you. And I wonder, is he going to heaven or to hell? I mean, I ran to that altar. Ah, Help me, Jesus. Help me. Help me. I didn't get saved. I did it out of fear. So I learned how to play the game. I'm just being honest, I'm giving my testimony. I learned how to play the game. So I know all the right words. I learned all the songs. I could pray the prayers. All the, I was nine years old. They had me pray in, 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 in front of everybody because I prayed so beautifully. Didn't have a clue what I was talking about, but I knew the words. I was 20 years old when I finally gave my heart to Jesus. 20. Soon after that, I got a call to ministry. Well, the fact is, I was a goof-off in high school. My grades were not so good, and I barely got out of high school. In fact, I had to write an extra credit book report on graduation day to get out. And, t- and, the, and the teacher let me write it because she didn't want me to come back. So I said, I can't do this because i got to get some education, and it don't work so good for me. So I fought it for six years. So I was 27 years old when I surrendered. I gave God everything. I surrendered it all and began my journey of education. And 16 years later, I ended up with a Ph.D. Each step of the way. I can't do this. Even actually, I had a good job. I worked in the oil field in the Colorado at that time, and I was making good money. And I, I, just, I, said, I said to my boss, you know, just hold my job for six weeks because I know I'm going to fail, and I'll be back. And time after time after time, the precious presence of God, the love of God gave me people in my life who supported me, encouraged me. And slowly by slowly, as we say, I lived in Africa too for a few years, taught at African National University. As we say in, in, in Kenya, slowly by slowly, God began to show me I had something between my ears. That's grace. That's grace. That's love. That's chesed. He never gave up on me. Am I good with that? All right. Now, don't be ashamed of me because I was such a bad boy. Okay. Oops, I didn't talk about that bombing. So chesed is often active. It's often translated tender, loving mercy, loving kindness. You've probably seen those words in the Psalms. Yes? That's chesed. That's the word love. But we translate it in these ways. So whenever you see those words like this, you see mercy, you see these words like this, that is the word that describes God's love. So it's all over the Bible, Old Testament, yes? Just because it doesn't say God is love in the Old Testament, it's everywhere. So there's a God of love. There is a God of love. There is an intensity to the Hebrew understanding of God's love. 
And they involve the concepts of mercy, pity, and loving kindness. And pity is not pity you. It is a pity that moves us. To pity somebody is not saying, feeling sorry for somebody. It is coming beside them. Coming beside them. God comes beside us when we need him. I could give you a million stories about how that's happened in my life. So I need to say this, that, that throughout the Old Testament, we see this flow. This flow from creation all the way through the prophets. This flow that reveals to us more and more and more of what this chesed looks like. It shows us more and more of who this God is, of who God wants to be in our lives, who God desires us to be in relationship with him. We see this over and over and over again. It flows all the way into the New Testament. There is no New Testament without the Old Testament. Yeah? On the last day, we'll look at Matthew 1.1, and we'll realize if you begin reading the New Testament first, and you read the very first verse, you're going to say to yourself, who are these people? Who are these people? This is the genealogy, this is the story of Jesus the Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Who are these people? We have to take the Old Testament as part of our Christian faith. It reveals to us who Jesus really is. Okay? So, again, it, 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 it brings us back to this perspective of the love of God in the New Testament. It fulfills this. And that's why when I mentioned 1 John before, 1 John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God. If you know God and you're in a relationship with God and God is in your heart, you will love. Because God is love. God is love. Okay? So I want to say this. It is the chesed love of God, the nature of God, the very character of God, the essence of who God is in chesed, in this tender loving mercy that literally drove Jesus to the cross. Love and justice. Love and justice. Justice requires sin to have a price paid. We see that throughout the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. That if, 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 if sin is committed, Paul tells us the wages of sin is death, and God allows an animal, something else, a substitution, substitute sacrifice for our sins. Something has to die. Going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did, they, what, what did God give them when they left the garden? He gave them animal skins to wear, right? Where do animal skins come from? Animals. To give them life outside of the garden, an animal had to die. Why? Because of their sin. And so Jesus comes, and this chesed love of God comes, and he dies 
for us. He fulfills the justice required for sinners who accept it. That is love, my friends. That is chesed. That is mercy. That is grace. That is presence. That is God's will for us. It's a beautiful thing. So what we're going to do is go through this, and you can't see it, so I'm going to, just going to want to, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I will say this. You're going to have a homework assignment every day. Sorry, I'm a teacher. It's not hard. For tomorrow, I want you to read Genesis 1 and 2. I know you've read it a thousand times. Read it again closely. Thinking about what we've talked about what we talked about, what God's nature is, okay? Read Genesis 1 and 2. That's for tomorrow. And I'll give you the next days, but but we're going to move right on through. I'll tell you this, on on, uh, tomorrow we'll deal with creation. On the 25th we'll look at uh, God on the mountain, his presence, God of love on the mountain. Uh, On the 26th we'll look at our human response to that love in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. On the 28th, we will, we will, 27th, it's mission day, so I won't, we won't have Bible study. But on the 28th, uh, we will look at uh, how this test of love works in relationships. We'll look at the book of Ruth. Uh, and on the 29th, we'll see how this love works in Shalom uh, in Psalm 103. On June, July 30th, we'll look at this idea of, of, of chesed in hope that we receive, uh, found in Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. Uh, on the 31st, we'll look at this the chesed in justice and what God requires of us. I already mentioned uh, Micah 6, 8, but we'll look at the entire passage there, uh, Micah 6, 1 through 8. And then August 1st, like I mentioned on that Sunday, last Sunday, we will look at chesed in the Messiah. Okay, in Matthew 1, 1. Sound like fun? I'm looking forward to it. All right. I think I better stop. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to start wearing a watch. Oh, we got we got ten minutes. Any questions? Anybody have here? Any anything you want to talk about? Yes, sir. Yes. The two hundred thirty-nine verses. Throughout the Old Testament, there's a bunch of them. Okay, so 239 verses across the Old Testament, and 10 of them use the word twice. So the word is used 249 times. Okay, but in a total of 239 verses. Yeah, sorry about that. Any other questions? Any comments? Yes, ma'am. It's a way of life. Absolutely. Hasid is a way of life. It is who God is, how God acts, and therefore in his believers and those who believe in him, it should be how we live. It's not just a concept that we learn. It's a way of life that we receive through Christ. A way of life that we receive through the Holy Spirit. That, that I see through the eyes of Jesus. Do I see clearly? 
Paul tells us clearly, we don't see clearly on this earth. But I try. And I ask the Holy Spirit to clarify what I see. I take my time. I listen. I try to understand. I try to see through what the world tells me, the distortions that we hear. Yes? It's easy to, to you know, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not getting into politics, but in this, in this world, you know, with, with so many streaming voices on television, you know, you go to, to, to any cable news channel, you got screaming voices. They tell you what they want you to think. And especially tell you what you should believe. And most of these words are being sold, told by people who are not Christians. Okay? They are not Christians. Their lives don't reflect Christ. All right? So we need to look closely at what they're saying and, 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 and find out for ourselves if this is true. The truth is, fi- is fi- findable. The truth is findable. Did this really happen this way? Is this really what this person meant when they said that? Find the whole speech, not just the one verse, the one sentence they pick out. That is hesed. That is living justice. Being fair to everyone. Even those we disagree with completely. Theologically and politically. Treating people fairly. Does it make sense? That's a way of life that we have to practice. Because we like to hear something that we like to hear. Yes? What do we watch most on TV? The things we like. Who we listen to on the news? The people who say what we believe. That we agree with. Yes? But what I agree with and what I like is not always correct. Two things I know for sure. There is a God and I am not him. Okay? So because I think something is right does not make it right. Does it make sense? Chesed surrenders this. Surrenders my right to be right. And instead desires God's rightness in me. I want to be righteous more than right. Does it make sense? Okay. That's a way of life. That's a way of life. Thank you for the question. Anybody else? All right, well, I think I got a better gist of how things go, okay? So I'll, be, I'll, I'll make sure the slides are actually readable tomorrow, all right? And uh, I'll make sure that uh, I think we're about 10 minutes before service starts. I know I got till 25 after, but we'll, we'll end five minutes early. How about that? All right? All hearts clear? All right, God bless you all. Uh, let me pray with you, Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for your love and for your grace and for your peace and your wonder uh, that you give us in our hearts, Lord, our, our, our amazement of who you are. And Lord, I pray that, that even though I've, I've been a follower of you now for, for 43 years, Lord, I, I just ask that I never lose that wonder, that, 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 that amazement that you love me that you care about me, that, that, that even though I may think I know more than I do and though I may 
judge people, and though I may uh, not, not reflect you perfectly every day and every minute of the day, you love me anyway. And Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, help us to be transparent and honest with ourselves and with each other. Lord, help us to, to, to confess, Lord, that even sanctified believers need to be confronted by your spirit each day. But Lord, we are human. Lord, we need you. And may your love, your true love, the essence of who you are, your nature that we see throughout the Bible, be rich and real in our lives. And may we know that love. And may we be that love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you.